The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. John was standing with two of his disciples, and as he watched Jesus walk by, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard what he said and followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following him and said to them, What are you looking for? They said to him, Rabbi, which translated means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, Come, and you will see. So they went and saw where Jesus was staying, and they stayed with him that day. It was about four in the afternoon. Andrew, the brother of Simon Peter, was one of the two who heard John and followed Jesus. He first found his own brother Simon and told him, We have found the Messiah, which is translated Christ. Then he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, the son of John. You will be called Cephas, which is translated Peter. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. We find ourselves here on this first green Sunday of the year, as they say. It's an opportunity for us to come and to be filled with the joy of the Lord's presence. And especially to start again, fresh from the start. You see, whenever we go through the Advent and Christmas season, and again through Lent and Easter, we have the the special focus of particular aspects of the life of our Lord of the anticipation and waiting for him to come, and then the celebration of his nativity, the joining with him in his passion throughout the course of Lent, and then glorifying his resurrection in Easter. But the Green Sundays of the year invite us to a time where we simply remain with the Lord in his normal daily journey with the disciples and with all those whom we encounter along the way. It's the call for us to simply rest with the Lord, as we hear the disciples do today to hear his teachings, to have him challenge us in heart, to draw closer in our relationship with him, and to marvel at the things that he does. Again, it's an opportunity for us to come and to see the Lord with fresh eyes. It's easy for us to come and to say, well, we we know Jesus. When we hear the Gospels, there's something that we've heard before. I mean, It would be a rare occasion that we would read a gospel and you go, I've never heard that. (laughs) And the simple reality is as we hear them over and over and over again, they become rather normal to us. So that's something that that made people's jaws drop. And that day you just go, oh, yeah, I love that story. And it doesn't have the power sometimes to touch our hearts because it becomes normal to us. It becomes so normal that Jesus does incredible things. If we forget to allow our heart to really just simply be in awe of what our faith is, of what Christ truly does for us. And so we have this call to us to come and to enter into this relationship and to draw close to our Lord during this time of the green Sundays of the year. To hear his voice and to know it and to be willing to respond. It's the whole story of the, the, the readings for our day. 
We start with Samuel. Samuel, who, as a young man, as a child, was consecrated to God by his mother. She had gone and prayed in the temple, prayed for a son, and a son was given. And part of the promise that she had made to the Lord is, If you give me a son, I will consecrate him to you. And so Samuel finds himself as a child being raised, not simply at home, but in the temple. He's basically a seminarian for the Diocese of Jerusalem. And so he's there studying. He's learning about what it is to be a priest of the temple. What it is to celebrate the liturgy and the sacrifices of the temple. To learn the hymns. To learn the life. But most importantly, above all of these things, to learn to love God. To be in relationship with him. We know that he's still young. As today, he hears the voice of the Lord and he doesn't recognize it because being young, he had not yet experienced the prophetic voice of God calling him to act. When he hears his name, Samuel, Samuel, he goes to Eli, his master, the priest under whom he's studying. He says, you called me. And Eli goes, no, (laughs) you must be hearing things, Samuel. Go back to sleep. And he does it again. Samuel, Samuel, yes, you called me. No, I didn't call you. Go back to sleep. And a third time, and in the third time, Eli realizes the Lord's calling him, and he doesn't know his voice. And so being a good teacher, he shows him exactly how to respond. He shows him how to pray. He lets him know that the voice that he's hearing is not Eli's voice. It's the voice of God. And how do you respond to it? When the Lord calls you next time, because he will, say simply, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And when the Lord comes inevitably that fourth time, the same thing happens. And Samuel speaks those blessed words. And thus begins a profound relationship with God. We'll later see that Samuel does some incredible things. A prophetic voice. One who himself becomes the voice of God for others. Because he has known the voice of the Lord himself. And drawn close to him in that relationship. Where he can truly say, not just once as a child, but many times throughout his life, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Here I am, I come to do your will. To be willing always to follow after the Lord's call. That's what we see in the gospel as well. We see that Andrew and one of the other disciples of John the Baptist, they knew God to some degree. They had felt the, they had felt the call of the Lord. They had followed John the Baptist, and John's preaching was first of repentance, to turn away from sin, and then to prepare, to get ready for what the Lord was going to do. And so they're following John the Baptist, repenting from their sin and preparing their hearts, preparing the way for the Lord to come. And when John finally points out who the Lord is and he simply says, behold, the Lamb of God, it took three words and everything changed. Says Andrew on the spot, turned and followed Jesus. He didn't have to deliberate with himself. He didn't have to ask John, what did he mean by that? He didn't have to go and ask more questions and and kind of take a a little aside for himself to be able to to contemplate, you know, what's the what's the pros and cons list of of following this guy that I, I don't know who he is. But but my teacher says he's the one. He simply turns 
and he follows Christ. He and one of the other disciples, and he goes and quickly gets his brother Simon Peter as well. He knew the voice of God. And when he heard the voice of John the Baptist point out the one whom God had sent, he quickly went. Here I am, Lord. I come to do your will. Andrew, as he's following our Lord, he immediately turns to follow him. And the Lord, as any of us would rightly do, recognizes someone is following me. For us, that would be creepy. For the Lord, it was normal. As the Lord simply turns to him and asks a question that should resonate in every one of our hearts repeatedly, but especially through this week. And the question is, what are you looking for? What are you looking for? Why are you here? Why are you in the pews right now? Why do you come to know Jesus? Why do you spend time in prayer? Why do you live the life that you do? Why do we do the things that we do or not do the things that we don't do? What are you looking for? What does your heart need? With that simple question, Jesus invites the disciples to something much deeper than the world wants to provide for us. Because in our worldly, our worldly experience, we can have friends and we can, we can connect with so many people and so many things and have so many activities and content ourselves with all of that. But in the end, they don't answer the real question of what are we looking for? And when it comes down to it, every one of us, whether we recognize it or not, are looking for Jesus Christ. Because we're looking for the things which only Jesus can provide us. We're looking for peace. We're looking for joy. We're looking for hope in the midst of our sufferings. We're looking for consolation in the midst of our sorrows. We're looking for freedom from our sins. Those things that plague us through the course of our days. In short, we're looking for God. And that's what he calls us to. To recognize that God is right before our eyes. And to be willing to follow. And not just to follow, but to be incredibly united to Christ. Intimately united. So deep, in fact, is the union of Christ that we become members of his body. Such that whatever we do affects the entire body of Christ. For good or ill. We're drawn to become part of God. It's not an easy thing. It's not a simple thing for us to do. It's not a simple thing for us to respond. We need Christ. We need his grace. We need his strength. And he's willing to provide it. And he provides it here in the sacraments. Here he fills us with his grace. He gives us a little foretaste of all the things that we will have forever in heaven. And it's right at our fingertips. So as we come here today, we hear the voice of the Lord speaking to us. We hear the Lord call to us and ask us that same question that has resonated in our hearts throughout the centuries. 
What are you looking for? May indeed our hearts cry back to the Lord. We're looking for nothing but you, Lord Jesus. And may our hearts be filled with joy as today we find him.